0: And there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no. Did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes.
1: I had no prior
0: knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry
1: my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in.
0: Guys, welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. I'm Julio, hanging out with old Francisco.
1: As always, as ever. Oh, what's up, dude? Here
0: we are. <laughs> Francis rocking this tea that we have been telling you guys about. This is like a, the first time we ever, like, hung out and got, like, super fucked up together for no reason. <laughs> this just... A picture of Francis and I both three sheets to the wind. Julio drinking the lime shard, ice-free tequila, room temp.
1: We always go with shard. Is that the right word? Is that what we want? I don't know. What are we
0: talking about? Like just pieces pieces of lime yeah. from a lime that had already been used from a drink before?
1: I I okay, so it's the whole thing including the rind.
0: The pieces of the of the lemon or of the lime are coming apart, though. Yeah,
1: that's so. I think of filaments. <laughs> shard to me speaks of a, a sharp piece of glass. Right, right, right. But we we've done shard for a long time, so I think we I, stick with it.
0: Whatever, yeah. It's, I'm I'm fine with whatever lime shards. No, I lime shards categorization. Is good. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. This was a a great night, mm-hmm. and uh, we've got lots to unpack here. Written on the bottom, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know. This is, the, this is the oops tee that we hope you guys will like wearing and sharing. Yeah. See
0: our Instagram uh, for more details. We do not have a lot of these left, so um, if you want to grab one, I would try to get it today because I don't think they're going to last very long.
1: That's right.
0: Um, very Hot cool. ticket item. Get in there, dude. Um, so listen, we haven't talked about this yet. As you guys all know, I was in Iraq Ooh. for a week. I can't believe it. Um, which I, we were able to sort of keep a secret. Mostly because my parents would not have liked to hear that I was doing that. And out of respect for them, I just didn't tell them. (laughs) And they didn't find out until I got back. I told them I was in Qatar. uh, And they kept asking me about Qatar. And then they started being like, what countries are you going to? Because when it got a little bit closer, Francis had been laughing about this. And I guess I'll let you tell the story. I had sort of tried to tell them the truth without telling them the truth initially. Um so I sort of referred to the region that is m- in modern day Iraq as its ancient title.
1: Yeah, Julio said <laughs> told his parents he was going to visit Mesopotamia. <laughs> Which should be like you know if you were going to uh if you were going to visit I guess Turkey you'd be like yeah I'm going to see the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> exactly. But even further. I'm going to back, Timbuktu.
0: Yeah. Dude, 100%. Um and I was able to keep it from them for the entire time. When I got back, I called them while I was actually on the Airtran that I just felt so bad that I'd been deceiving them for so long. And I told my dad uh, where I had been. He sort of didn't believe me at first. He goes, You're fucking with me, right? You're fucking with me. <laughs> uh, and I. Piggy. T- yeah. So then, but now they have told me since. They're so like, We rather would just know where you are still. Yeah. Um, so Isn't next that time. interesting how that I, works. Yeah. Go anywhere crazy. But I brought you guys the gifts.
1: Oh, lots to unpack. Here, literally.
0: So I got you guys some bills from the Saddam Hussein era that actually have Saddam Hussein on them. Excellent.
1: Whoa. It's pretty cool, right?
0: This is cool. That's him? Chris and Ryan. You guys that one as well? Handsome fella. That is Saddam. Uh, These are no longer in circulation. And uh, yeah, just a nice little keepsake from a cool trip.
1: Thank you, dude. For sure. For sure. This is so cool. This is two hundred and fifty dinars.
0: Uh yeah, which is not a lot of money. Um but it's not supposed to it's not supposed to, No, but it's not supposed to be either, I don't think. Like
1: Look at this, they have Central Bank of Iraq written on the top. I mean, this is in English. Right. Why? Is it in English?
0: I think it's in, there's Arabic on there too, no? On the other side. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, but not up here. Yeah, I noticed when I was
0: there too, most things, there was a sign in English and a sign in Arabic. I think Arabic is just like a tough alphabet, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I don't know.
1: Wow. Yeah. Very cool, man. Pretty cool. All right, so come on, dude. You got to give us a lot about Iraq.
0: I'll give you the scoop. So there's a couple things about it. Um, It's not a hard trip to take. Like, in theory, of get in terms of getting there. How'd you get there? So you fly, um, and there's a very simple layover in Qatar. Um, for me, at least, because I flew in Qatar. I think you can do it through Emirates as well. Um, How long is
1: the flight to Qatar?
0: It's long. It's like 12 and change, and 14 on the way back, which is far. Ooh. It's a long flight.
1: I think I'm out.
0: Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough, and there was some funny, weird... Like, some shit happened on the plane, actually... The Qatar Airways seats are actually too good. So if you recline when meal service happens, you have to bring your chair up.
1: But that's often. Is that case. normal? Everybody I, does that. I've experienced. Oh, uh, okay.
0: I, I maybe I just like haven't flown internationally a ton these days or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, so they—that's not true at all. I don't I've love to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't love to eat in a totally reclined position like one of those characters from Wally.
0: True, but 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 but. Let me ask you this, and correct me about this if I'm wrong. If I'm sleeping and you're behind me, do they, do they always make me recline just because you're going to eat? If I, if I tr- No, they wouldn't tell okay, so that's your what,
1: neighbors to fix because of your meal schedule. And that
0: is what was happening on this flight, because the, the coach seats reclined so far that it's actually in the way of your food.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, that is dramatic. Right? Yeah.
0: So after the meal was over, I actually tried to recline again, and the guy behind me tapped me on the shoulder, and he was like, she's still drinking her coffee. And I was like, "What? Like you don't? Who gives a shit? If she's drinking her fucking coffee. Like,
1: yeah,
0: right. Is that? Am I wrong about that? You need to, you need me to be, inclined, so you can. You need me to be. In, you need me to be inclined so that you can drink coffee. Why? Like, there's space for your did little you, coffee. Did you fight back on no. it? Yeah, I was like, okay, hey, whatever. I'm not gonna fight this guy behind me over this.
1: That could um, just be. He could just be a one off.
0: Yeah, whatever. I let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did make you. They woke you up to make you bring your seat up when the person behind you was eating.
1: Wow. I know. That's unusual. I know. Yeah. Which
0: made me on the way back, not uh, when it, cause when I was trying to sleep, not put my chair back because I didn't want to get woken up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I whatever. So cool. that, that's okay. not that important. Uh, so it's like 12. And then from there to Iraq is like a two hour flight. Okay. And I flew out of both. Uh, well, both of the airports in federal Iraq, there's also uh, airports in Kurdistan. We don't necessarily need to get into that, but it's like an autonomous part of Iraq. That's like, very developed in the north, right? Yes. and that has you've always been able to visit there very easily. Mm. Um, but federal Iraq, this is the first time in my lifetime that they've had visa on arrival.
1: Is there a reason you don't want to get into it? Is it?
0: I am getting oh the
1: Kurdistan politically thing just touchy. No, something? not at all.
0: It's just it's not important. It's just like Kurdistan visa on arrival. There's they've always had that. Federal Iraq, they've never had that, and this is the first time. So interesting. As, as I jokingly say in the video that is going to be coming out, the Iraq that we all know and love. Is the Iraq that you haven't been able to really visit at all without some kind of like crazy undertaking. Mm -hmm. So anyway, you just go, you show up, you get there, you give the guy your passport, you get a visa on arrival and you go. Now, it is a little intimidating at first because you don't really know what to expect as far as like, how are they going to take to Americans? How Mm -hmm. are they going to? And the answer is very, very well. Everybody's super nice. They're excited that you're American. You don't have to like hide it. They're like, oh, America. Like, like they think it's great.
1: Were they very surprised? see an American.
0: Sort of. They were surprised to see a tourist, was what they were surprised by. And this goes a couple of different ways. So first of all, when when I got to the airport, they start fucking with you, which is a pretty funny thing to do when you're in Iraq on vacation. Because like, especially if you don't really, there's no way to find out what Iraq is really like. Because if you write, what is Iraq really like? Immediately, you just get level four, do not travel, kidnapping, terrorism, and like, you can't get through that.
1: And that, to you, is that you're the moth to the flame. No,
0: actually, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I have th- have learned to. No offense to the State Department, but I just don't really believe their their travel warning things. Really, I think they're like massive, like uh, like overreactions. Personally, whatever. Famous last words. I'm going to end up on a fucking. My head's going to end up on a skewer someday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, dude, you get there, they take your passport, and I will. I'll never forget this. The guy takes my passport. And he starts looking at the picture of me, he starts looking at me, he starts looking at the picture of me, like with a really serious face, and then just starts staring at me and then just starts laughing and gives me my passport back. Just completely fucking with That's me. Something my dad would do. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Hilarious Iraqi yeah. dad joke, dude. Um, but anyway, we get through that whole process of the visa and the airport, whatever, and we were on our own for the first day. We weren't like we had hired guides, which you need to do when you're there, just because to your point, you can't travel city to city without people being like, what the fuck are you doing here? Mm -hmm. And then they need to figure it out. So they'll just hold you until they figure it out. Oh, I There's no problem. They're not going to be mean to you. They'll give you tea. They'll be cool. Like the cops are really nice. The soldiers are really nice. But like you'll be sitting there for a very long time until you can get somebody on the phone who speaks Arabic who can explain to them what's going on. Yeah. So that's why you need a guide. But uh, anyway, they're very receptive uh, to people, but they're just confused by the idea of it. Anyway, we get in our taxi, we head to the uh, the hotel, and initially it's like very intimidating. We flew into Basra, which is in the south, which is where all the oil fields are. It's flat, it's desert, and there's like oil burning in the distance, like the refinery thing that you like see in movies. Mm -hmm. And then you just see all these black flags the entire way. Like they're just black flags. And it's not like an ISIS flag, it's just like a black flag that like, uh, and forgive me any like Shia Muslims who are listening if I get this wrong, but it's like, Kind of showing the it's like uh, showing the idea of sacrifice, whether specifically of like the people who they worship imam hussein whatever uh, or just in sacrifice in general right so it's, it's for like mourning it's not some like ominous thing, but seeing that without knowing that, you're like, what the fuck are all these black flags? there's all these pictures of religious people taxi driver wasn 't super friendly the first time, uh, and it was pretty intimidating mm-hmm. um, and you go through that first checkpoint on your own you don 't have the guide with you right so now you're going through this checkpoint and a soldier comes and takes your passport he takes it and disappears and you're like oh man this is a little intimidating and then he'll come back with a guy in a suit and all i needed was for this next part to happen and then i never really felt sketch out for the rest of the time the guy goes where are you from and i go uh america he goes america he goes what do you have and i said what nothing he goes nothing (laughs) Welcome to Iraq. (laughs) Like, he just thought it was hilarious that we were speaking English to each other Uh or something. uh uh And then (laughs) from then on, it was just completely, like, completely cool, completely chill. Wow. We met up with the people, uh, our guide people the next day who were uh, really young, really cool. There was three different ones that we were with. They were all younger than 25.
1: How did you find these guides? Facebook. What do you mean? You posted on Facebook. I want a guy. I'm in
0: this Facebook group with, that's like a traveler for like extreme travelers, which mm-hmm. by the way, I am not. You might think that's that that that's crazy to hear me say that I'm not, I'm really not. These people are like crazy. Like they
1: where are they going?
0: Everywhere and they're cheap and they are they just like seem like they're not that fun of people to be honest. They like try to travel everywhere and do it under a certain amount of money and they take pride in not using guides and they don't look like they shower. And like, they're just not, they don't seem cool.
1: They're digital gypsies.
0: Sorry. Yeah. And, and real ones as well. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Is
1: gypsy politically incorrect? I, I don't mean it. I don't. I don't think it needs to be. Yeah. It's I
0: think it's fine in this context. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, this, this one person came very highly recommended because uh, you can search in the group for topics. So I searched Iraq. Her name came up a bunch. I caught, we ended up getting on a call and she was super cool. She's like, Hey, what's up? She's like, you guys are coming to Iraq. Awesome. Like kind of talking just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sort of started to play on the trip. Cool. Um, and once we met up with them, dude, it's funny. So at these checkpoints, she was like super sassy, but, like in a really funny way. Like no one ever thought that she was Iraqi. So when we get pulled over, they'd ask her husband, they'd be like, uh, where are they from? And he'd be like, they're American. And they'd be like, what about her? And then she'd be like, I'm Iraqi. And they'd be like, oh. And then she'd be like, what? You don't think we have pretty girls in Iraq? And the soldiers would get all like bashful, dude. Mm-hmm. Like when she said that, they'd be, they'd be like. well i don't know
1: (laughs) was she doing that in english or in in arabic Arabic. in arabic yeah
0: and dude they got like all bashful and it was like super cute uh but a couple things really stood out to me so really
1: quick is she wearing no headscarf nothing
0: nothing just dressed like a complete westerner the only time where you have to wear stuff is when you go into like the holy cities where like the holy shrines are Mm -hmm. so we went to karbala and men are not allowed to wear shorts And women have to wear a headscarf, and she Mm. kind of begrudgingly got a hijab to wear. Sounds
1: like a nice golf course. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: No, seriously. Uh, But, (laughs) but, dude, like, none of the stuff. It's just, it's not an intimidating. This will sound crazy. It just was not intimidating trip at all, and not just for me. If any of you guys went, you would have felt the same way. Mm. People are so nice. I had my camera, dude. Every single person wanted to be on camera. They're like, yeah, 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 come to me, like. And and to the point where we have to be like, guys, one more person can be on and we'll keep it moving. Because, like, they love the camera. They're like, YouTube. YouTube. Like, wow. People of all walks of life. Like, it, they didn't feel like. Sometimes you go to, like, quote, slummier kind of places. People don't want to be on camera. They feel like they're being exploited and yeah. shit. All these people wanted to be on camera.
1: Is that, is that because others have come before you? to make youtube videos or is it because nobody has come before you
0: so i think that some people have come to make youtube videos but like almost such a scarce amount that you could probably you probably would know all the videos Mm. uh if you were really into that and i think that maybe they know of it and the fact that they see it it's like seeing a famous person Mm -hmm. because they know that people do youtube videos but they've never seen it at one point some guy came up to me and introduced himself to me in a cafe he was like 16 years old he goes hey dude what's up uh are you American? I was like, yeah. He's like, I've never seen an American before in my life. He's like, nice to meet you. He's like, you guys all think we're terrorists. He's like, wow. He literally said that.
1: Talking in perfect English.
0: Uh, yeah, a little bit of an accent, maybe. Like, i yeah. You guys all think we're terrorists, you know?
1: Well, okay. So how old? Were you sixteen? Yeah. He was definitely alive during the American. So
0: I don't. I don't, I don't actually know because he, occupation. No, because you know that was two thousand three. And I don't know how
1: it lasted. How long were we there?
0: Not much longer, right? Iraq? Because wasn't there like a civil war in like two thousand six, two thousand seven, and like we weren't involved at all? I don't. We can look at the timeline of this.
1: When did we leave Iraq? I thought it was like two thousand fifteen or fourteen or something. You're probably
0: right, but maybe he met civilian then, like a non-soldier or something.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, it's also possible that he lived in an area where they just the soldiers didn't come. He
0: lived in Baghdad, so
1: yeah, they were there. They were there. Yeah.
0: Um, so anyway, two things that really stood out to me. So that was one of them. The other one, dude, is that like people won't let you pay for anything. So for example, like the first night when we were on our own, we we hailed a taxi and the guy kind of doesn't say a word, and we're driving home, we get home, and I go and reach into my pocket to get money to pay him, and he goes, No, no, no. Won't accept my money.
1: How long was the ride? Twenty minutes. Wow. Won't
0: accept my money. Well, welcome, welcome. I won't take my
1: money. That's amazing. And
0: that was like the overwhelming uh, Sentiment. way that people were. Yeah. The only people who like were not that friendly. Like, there's kind of territory that's controlled by militias, and they like work with the government, but like they're their own thing, and they sort of like don't like Americans that much.
1: Are they walking around strapped?
0: Uh, yeah, and with AKs. Yes, but mm-hmm. so are the soldiers. But like the non-militia guys have mustaches, and like the militia guys had beards. There's plenty of people with. Beards. Are they
1: are they holy
0: warriors? Uh, like sort of
1: Mujahideen.
0: No, no, not, it's not like ISIS. They're like, they're, but
1: Mujahideen does not mean it means they are fighting in the service of God, I think.
0: Oh, okay. I'd have, I, I literally, we'd have to maybe ask them or like, we have to look this up because I think that they are, I think they're very religious. Like they're this, this, there's this famous cleric who's like involved in politics there, but like it's very religious. I don't know if they would consider themselves as doing that or to what tier they are doing that. But it's not an Al Qaeda or ISIS situation. So troops left between
1: 2009 and 2011. And the kid you met, he's 16 years old. He was born in 2005. So. He um, would have been six. He would have been six. Yeah, when they left, which means he. I get that now. There's a good chance he didn't see any, or he did, and he was too young. Guys, I've lost all faith in my internet service provider. I think it's an absolute sieve of my data. <laughs> I'm very, very suspicious of what. <laughs> The government is seeing I'm wearing my tinfoil hat, but I can take it off thanks to the armor security provided by
0: ExpressVPN.
1: ExpressVPN, my virtual private network. I absolutely love this thing. Every time I use the internet on on my virtual private network, ExpressVPN, I feel safer. Uh it is a simple app for your computer or smartphone that encrypts all your network data and tunnels it through a secure virtual private network server so that your ISP your internet service provider cannot see any of your activity. Shame on them! They don't deserve to know what I'm looking at, they do what not. I'm up to. They that's my down, business, Francis. not your business. Uh, just think about how much of your life you spend on the internet. Sadly, the list of people you've messaged, sites you've visited, and vi- videos you've watched get tracked by tech giants who can sell your information for profit. I don't think that's news to anyone. Nope. Bad boys over at Facebook and whatnot. Bad bad boys. Um, get out of my get out of my business, Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, that's the reason I recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. You download the app, tap one button on your device, and you're uploaded and pro- you're protected. Um, honestly, I've, I've used ExpressVPN for a while. I used it when I was visiting in China, and uh, it, it is seamless. It just feels like completely normal internet browsing experience, but you just feel safer. That's the bottom line. You feel like you are... In doing a you know, changing in a dressing room of the internet. It's nice. It's private. Um, so stop handing over your personal data to ISPs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep me private online. Visit ExpressVPN.com slash oops. That's e x p VPN.com slash oops to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash right now to learn more. Okay, keep going. I'm interested. This is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: dude, so we arrived to our hotel in Basra, and I remember we're still, the drive there, again, intimidating. Knowing what I know now, after having been there, it's not at all, but but that not knowing.
1: How long was the drive from the airport to the hotel? 45 minutes, probably.
0: Okay. Yeah. And, dude, literally, we're like, I saw the Iran border, like, the, the 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 where you enter. Like, it's the southern, southern part, southeastern Iraq, and, like, you're right next to Kuwait. You're right next to around. It's just like crazy to be able to look at around. I was like, yeah. this is nuts. Anyway, we get to the hotel. The guy working behind the da- counter must've been pretty young. I don't know. But at one point he changes the music and puts on Will Smith. Oh, and he goes, will Smith party. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I turn around, and I say it. And then like, I get a, I later I'm coming downstairs. I was like, dude, roll on this to the Zach, who was with me, the camera, camera person and my friend. Uh, and I, I come out playing like Miami by Will Smith. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, Will Smith. And dude, he followed me on Instagram. I posted my pictures of me in Iraq. He commented. It's, the comment is currently there. Hey, dude, remember Will Smith?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he made a comment
0: about Will Smith. Nice. This kid just loves fucking Will Smith. Dude. That's
1: great. I love Will Smith. I love yeah. Will
0: Smith. Will Smith's the man, dude. Just,
1: he just put out a memoir that I'm, I'm actually keen to read. Oh, I'd like to read that, too. I think it's called Will. He, did he just put that out? He wrote a memoir. Yeah, Will Smith. Talks about how his dad used to beat up his mom. Oh my god! And he felt he's felt like a coward his whole life because he never intervened or something. I don't know. Anyway, Jesus. Yeah.
0: Um. That's crazy, dude. Um. Anyway. Okay. Keep going. Back to our so you're at the hotel. Yeah. Iraq promo. How much were the hotels? So it was built into the to the guide pricing. The guide, and I, I think I I'm pretty sure they weren't expensive.
1: The guides packaged everything for you. You kind of went almost through a travel service.
0: There's just there's honestly if you want to go by yourself, just be prepared to have a miserable time because of how hard it's gonna to be to travel in between cities because a lot of the soldiers don't even know that there's a visa on arrival yet. That's how new it is. They'll be like, mm-hmm. We have that, but the guides tell them and it takes two seconds. Again, you're they're never like the soldiers aren't gonna take you and do anything to you. Like they're so fucking nice. They'll never but but it just sucks. It'll you're triple suck. Mm-hmm. So and the guide is with you the entire day. But if you guys are interested in doing this trip, I, I I honestly recommend it. It's not a. I'm Julio. I recommend this trip, and I'll get in. I'll get into this more as to why I recommend it.
1: Uh, I'm the com- Julio. The,
0: the company's called Safrati. It's S A F R A T Y. Uh, Aya and her husband Ahmed run the company. There's this guy Sedjad who was with us too, who's really cool. Um, they're amazing. Uh, they're w- they're with you the entire day, so they pick you up. You pay for your meals, but the the it's really cheap. Like, the nice we went to like a fancy fucking restaurant, and it was like twenty five bucks
1: person. What are you eating?
0: Um, it's like denser Middle Eastern food that you're used to, rice. So it's not just like meza fare. Yeah, it's like big rice dishes, chicken. Lamb. They eat a lot. Like I would like not eat breakfast. They'd be like, you don't. What are you doing? They'd be like people eat a lot there, and they want you to eat. Mm. Uh, and to the point I was making before about people being generous. There's a sign in one of the restaurants we were at, and the guy Ahmed's like, he's like, you know what that means. I was like, obviously not. He's like, it means everyone here pays for themselves. He goes, you want to know why that's written there? Because these like tribal guys will come in here and they will literally get into a fight about wanting to pay for the bill. When another guy wants to pay for the bill, they will actually get into a fight. So there has to be a sign saying you will all pay for yourselves here. Wow. There will be no fighting over who's covering the bill.
1: I, interesting. <laughs> Which
0: is hilarious. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so Aya, her husband Ahmed, she's like 21, dude. This guy's 23 years old. They'll be with you for the entire day. And they will take care of shit for you and you will be able to do things that you would not otherwise be able to do. Like some of these unbelievably ancient sites that are incredible are next to like the biggest prison in Iraq that has like the scariest people you can imagine in it. Al-Qaeda people, ISIS people. And like they, like it's a really hard checkpoint to get through on your own. But if you're with a guide, you're good. Two seconds, you're in, you're fine. And seeing some of the most incredible gems that the world has to offer. Some of the most ancient civilization stuff, like stuff from like 5,000 B.C., dude. That's twice as old as the pyramid.
1: From proper Mesopotamia.
0: Yeah, proper Mesopotamia, (laughs) yes. Uh, So, like, all these cities, Uruk, Ur, like, things that I had never even fucking heard of before I went on this trip. Uh, They're all there. They're all so sick.
1: Are they ruins? Is it art? Is it...
0: So, they're ruins, but they're, Mosques? So, okay. So, they're, it's, like, pre-mosque. It's, like, they're called ziggurats. They're, like, these shrines from, like, pagan, whatever the fuck sumer was worshiping again i don't know much about this stuff but like they're kind of like pyramid-y looking things and a lot of it dude is only like five percent excavated there's like Hmm. 95 percent of the city underground that like makes petra look like a contemporary thing wow that's how old this shit is dude and the pope actually came to iraq like earlier in the year or last year or something and he said to the government he's like you guys have incredible stuff here you should open the country up for people and like they say that that's part of the reason why Wow. Did. So anyway, the guides were great. Hotels, you can stay in like a Marriott equivalent that like won't quite be as nice as a Marriott. I think it's probably like 50 bucks a night or something. It's not like dirt, dirt cheap, but cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, dude, yeah, we just drove all over the country.
1: Do they have a super fancy hotel?
0: Yeah. And it was like 250 bucks.
1: And that'll yeah. be their Ritz.
0: Yes. In Baghdad, they had one. like that.
1: Yeah. They were
0: telling me. Um, And there are some, like, odd things about, like, Baghdad's interesting. There's modern shit in Baghdad. Like, there's a friend's cafe that's modeled after the TV show.
1: They have that in China, too. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In Shanghai.
0: Kind of like, there's, like, really fancy-looking coffee shops. Like, I remember I posted a selfie of myself being like, where am I? And everybody was, like, Sweden. And I was fucking in Iraq. You know what I mean? Like, coffee shops that we went to, like, a WeWork situation for, like, startups. And, like, you know, they have all that shit there, like, that an international city would have. You pretty much have to pay for everything in cash, which is the one thing that's like a little odd. And there's a lot of sort of like Saddam era construction that isn't finished. Mm. Uh, that's just kind of like around the city. We went to Saddam's palace and they gave me a fucking piece of a sh- one of the chandeliers in the house. Too.
1: What is the national sort of sentiment towards Saddam?
0: Mixed. Do some, some people
1: to- revere him?
0: So it seems like one of those things where it's like, okay, yes, Saddam was a criminal. Yes, you can't like do the things that he was doing as far as like taking out the opposition and this and that. Ethnic. Yeah, some ethnic genocide ethnic almost. Cleansing I mean, with the Kurds yeah. and shit, supposedly, all that stuff, right? So yes, everybody's like, you can't take that away from him. But like, they're like, but during Saddam, like, there was no religious shit. No one, like, the religions didn't hate each other. That's a thing that happened after that was like pinning us against each other kind of thing. There's a lot of parallels with, like, Rwanda stuff. They're, like, suddenly, like, Shia and Sunni people hated each other, and they didn't. before. So they're, like, that is terrible, too. Like, those are, like, the worst times to live here. It's, like, what they were saying to me. Um, Right
1: after Saddam? Yeah.
0: But then, again, like, there was ISIS after, and that was horrible, too, Mm -hmm. and, like, all that kind of shit. So I think that it's sort of, like, a pick-your-poison kind of thing. And I think some people liked Saddam, some people didn't type of thing. And, like, the older generation might tell you they like him. Mm. Some of them won't. That's what I gathered from what people were telling me. But anyway, dude, literally like we again, we go with this private guide. Uh I think they flipped him a couple extra bucks and Saddam's Palace was slammed. Like tons of people there, like local people like visiting.
1: Is that the biggest tourist site in the country?
0: No. Um but we got a private tour of the upstairs. So we like saw all his bedrooms. Oh dude, it's like oh, a wow. fucking palace. And the guy literally just picked a piece of like chandelier up out of the rubble and handed it
1: it's there's rubble, it's rubbly. It,
0: it, it's not like from bomb rubbly, but it's like nobody cleaned up rubble. So it's
1: not a well kept tourist site. They're not velvet ropes. And a no, no, it's not like shop. it's not Versailles, there's souvenir mugs. No, and...
0: there's like graffiti all over the walls, but like the structure still stands and it overlooks Babylon. It overlooks like where the hanging gardens were. The hanging gardens, the... one of the eight
1: ancient yep. wonders of the world,
0: the city of Babylon that the foundation remained and Saddam actually rebuilt it. So the city of Babylon is what it looked like. It's incredible.
1: Are the hanging gardens gone?
0: So there's debate as to whether or not A, they ever existed, B where they are. They think that maybe they're somewhere in like the Tigris or the Euphrates, but they showed us where they thought they may have been.
1: And there's some So it is it is gone are all the eight ancient wonders gone? No.
0: Uh the pyramids are one of them. Yeah. Also the uh Temple of Halicarnassus. I've actually been to in Turkey. Wow. Um a few of them remain. I know the Colossus of Rhodes is not there anymore. Um t- the z- the Zeus statue I don't think remains.
1: Okay. I don't know. Whatever. So this is really interesting. Yeah, ma'am. Um so
0: then we we went north of Baghdad, which is where like the Isis stuff happened, right? To Crete. Uh we went to this place called Samara. Um, which has this very famous minaret, the spinning minaret thing. Um, and that was, security-wise, the most intense thing. Like, at the checkpoint, they actually hold your passport for you when you enter the city. And then you have to get it when you leave.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Yeah. And this is, and we're driving sort of all along the way of, like, ISIS territory. Um, What was ISIS territory? ISIS is still sort of around, but they're kind of on the fringes fighting against the government a little bit. They're not, like in charge or anything Mm -hmm. uh and for anybody who doesn't know they literally established the islamic state they had their own money Mm -hmm. it was like they they were they uh overtook mosul in iraq uh where i actually used to live when that was happening crazy um and they like established a government it was a peaceful transition to power they let them have the city the government they're like okay fine we'll figure this out later obviously the rest is history but whatever so
1: the rest is but so then they retook it
0: eventually with like Americans bombing the shit out of it and a bunch of stuff happening, eventually the like ISIS was defeated and pushed out of the places that they were in charge, huh. Mosul and sort of that whole area uh, into Syria as well. Um, okay. So whatever. So we didn't make it up that far North, but we were into the ISIS territory and uh, that is controlled by some different people. Uh, and that's where like a lot of the militia guys were and stuff. And it, it was just much more tense, but like fine still. You know what mm-hmm. I mean we did it we took a day trip there and then back in Baghdad. And uh,
1: how far is that from Baghdad?
0: Probably like an hour. Driving places there takes longer because A in the big cities there's a lot of traffic and B um the checkpoints can kind of slow you down a bit, especially in up in that area.
1: I I I'm so, I mean it sounds it sounds in some ways like a much more normal advanced country than I would have thought yeah but that in other ways too, as though there is uh, it's hard to understand who has power
0: okay, so so the government has power, but there're just these areas that are like militia areas where they are in control, but they also are like a government in their own right, and it's a picture it as like a coalition, and each of them have their own army for some
1: reason and they don't
0: fight no, they sort of like begrudgingly work together um,
1: that feels like it's not gonna last.
0: Well, so who knows? But to, to that point, I uh, when we were planning the trip, I sort of wanted to go to Kurdistan. I was like, what do you recommend? And she's like, because to me, Kurdistan sounds more like, just hearing the word Kurdistan, I didn't know much about it. That sounds even more like off the beaten path to me. Not the case. It's the opposite. She's like, who knows how long this federal or act trip will be available. She's like, you should definitely do this now. Like, you just never know. Mm-hmm. Of thing, to your point. Mm-hmm. Um. So, dude, yeah, it's, it's way more developed than you'd imagine without kind of thinking about it in detail. Like, they have Burger King and Hardee's and malls and Resident Evil was playing in the movie theater, and we went and played... We were playing FIFA and smoking hookah, playing pool, like, doing normal shit that people do. Mm-hmm. You can do all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, there's the legacy of conflict that is lingering.
1: Yes. And to what degree do you think that you... As a white Westerner coming in, are being shown only the 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 stuff they want you to see.
0: Zero, the dude, zero. This is not like a government sponsored tour company. This is an independent tour company. And there were a couple times where like we found ourselves in some guided situation of some museum, and while we were in there, they were sort of behaving in a way where I was like, oh, there's more to this story, maybe. And then when we were out there, like here's the deal with that, and they would tell me. Cool. So I think there's none of that. I think that they they talk about all this stuff. They would talk about ISIS and about like all this shit. Like there was no North Korea situation where yeah. I'm only being shown certain stuff. I could see what I wanted to see. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I felt like it was we even camped out one night, dude. I camped in a tent in the marshes, Mesopotamian marshes. So
1: w- explain these <laughs> marshes to me, because that's when you texted me, and you're like, "Sorry, I haven't been in contact. I'm camping in the marshes." <laughs> and I was like, whoa.
0: I had service, but not a good service. But everywhere else, perfect service.
1: I mean, of all the places to camp, I would say a marsh is probably the worst.
0: <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even need a SIM card. My phone completely worked everywhere in the country. Wow. But anyway, the marshes, it's like the Fertile Crescent, which you, you had mentioned mm-hmm. when we were making this joke about me mm-hmm. telling my parents Mesopotamia. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Fertile Crescent, <laughs> uh, where society, where civilization began, and it's these, these marshlands uh, where people actually will live in the middle of the marshes. Like, boat will be their only form of transport. And they sort of harvest water buffalo milk. And they live yeah. in a self-sufficient way.
1: I don't know. It sounds like I might have to get some of that for my morning coffee. <laughs> I know.
0: Well, dude, so the guy's job was very funny. The oat
1: milk for so long feels pretty basic compared to <laughs> water buffalo milk.
0: He's like, you'll notice that the women around here are, like, pretty jacked. He's like, it's because of the fucking water buffalo milk, dude.
1: I had like a double half calf water mu- buffalo milk <laughs> latte, please.
0: Sure, we don't buffalo.
1: have any water buffalo milk. What do you mean? It's a Starbucks. But <laughs> oh, you had everything,
0: dude. So funny. Um, but so we were gonna. I didn't want to t- camp, and he was like, "Dude, he's like, trust me, we should camp." He goes, "I stayed in the marsh house, and look what was crawling on me." And he showed me this bug. And I was like, okay, dude, whatever we have to do to avoid that, I'll pull it up for you, dude. Oh. He's like, trust me, I don't want to have to see one of these. He's like, I I have a feeling you don't either. This is your guide. Yeah. He's like, dude, trust. He literally was like, dude, trust me, we should sleep in the tent. Because at least in the tent, this thing won't be, you won't be able to, like, you won't have to deal with this. Oh, Um, God. I'm going to pull it up. Transformer, Dude, it looks like a fucking alien. It is, like, terrifying. I was like, whatever I have to do to avoid that thing. I'm gonna be honest, with you, I hate camping. So, like, I probably slept an hour and a half. And like, on night two of a trip like that, it's a kind of a shitty setback. But almost, maybe like getting rocked like that, maybe just like snaps the jet lag out of you too. Mm. I don't know because it's like an eight-hour time difference.
1: You like, didn't sleep well in, in the, the camping. Ten,
0: no, I slept like an hour. I hate camping. <laughs> do you do you like camping? I mean,
1: <laughs> I I'd go camping sooner than I'd visit Iraq. <laughs> Fucking L.L. Bean, you know, sleeping pillow and nice little butane lighter to cook up some fondue out in the Maine wilderness. That sounds better than handing my passport to some rogue army.
0: You guys are looking for a good gift for the holiday season. We recommend Skylight Frames. It's a very cool digital picture frame which allows you to upload pictures um, regardless of who you are in the room you can email stuff directly to the picture frame and uh and get cooking it's great if you want to give it as a gift you can even pre-import photos onto it which is something that i suggest doing that's what i've done when i've given it as a gift and it's nice for people to sort of have a nice curated thing to start with uh, and then they can learn how to use it themselves it is boot it is boomer friendly
1: boomer friendly your
0: parents will know how to use it i actually recommend this gift for uh, someone in that age range because a lot of the time they don't even know that these things exist, <laughs> like a digital picture frame, and they're super psyched about it and excited to show it off. There's also a nice matte, uh, nice white matte finish mm-hmm. uh, and a black frame, so it looks like a real photo frame and adds a beautiful touch to your home. So now is a special offer. You can get 10 bucks off your purchase of a Skylight frame. When you go to skylightframe.com, enter code OOPS. Uh, to get $10 off of your purchase of a Skylight frame, go to skylightframe.com, enter code OOPS. It's spelled S K Y L I G H T F R A M E dot com. Promo code OOPS, dude. I, I'm not kidding. I recommend the trip. If you'd want, if you wanted to go back, I'd go with you. If you ever want, I, I know that you don't <laughs> want to do that. I rec, I rec, guys, I recommend this trip. Like I, Ecuador was cool. I, I, I recommend going to Iraq. Okay. For a for a non-traveler,
1: let's even. say that someone has never been anywhere outside of America. Okay. Then I Where don't Where does it rank on your recommendation list?
0: I would say go to Europe first and then you can go to Iraq second.
1: So, <laughs> Iraq is 2 after Europe?
0: It's such a unique special trip. I I I recommend.
1: It. But you you've never been to like Morocco. Never. So Morocco I've been to Morocco. I'm sure it was Morocco, fantastic. I would Morocco is you recommend set it? up for tourism right. and is, there's comfort and they get it, yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: So I would say that because there's no option, in my opinion, of going without these guides, unless you speak Arabic extremely well, um, I, I, so it ends up being set up well for you in that way too. And the, the cost ends up breaking down to something like, not including the flight, a couple hundred bucks a day not including your meals which will add on 30 or 40 bucks to that. It's not that expensive. Um, but that's not
1: that's not inexpensive. It's not inexpensive. But it's I, like, that's more than I would have thought to be honest yes, with you. Yes, it's
0: more than one would have thought, agreed. However, like if you break down how much you would have spent going to an established tourist place, it'll probably end up costing you about the
1: same. What were your flights?
0: 700 bucks round trip? That's not bad. Not bad. And pretty straightforward flights too. Mm -hmm. Uh, on good airlines so dude and and the the hospitality is just unbelievable and again it's not in some kind of curated way like the things that would happen would be complete wild cards like we went to a museum one day and out of nowhere we just end up in this administrative meeting in the city Nazaria about the future of sort of artifacts and and history and stuff in the city I saw
1: these clips. Dude. It seemed like you had been elected to city council. Yeah.
0: They did this thing where we took pictures and they gave us gifts and they were so nice. And it was so cool, man, to watch them listen to these 21-year-old kids in backpacks telling them this is how it is. Because they recognize, they're like, these are the people who are bringing Mm. random Westerners here Mm. who aren't with an organization, who don't work for an oil company, who aren't extreme travelers. I'm a normal guy. I know maybe do you guys listen you think I'm an extreme traveler. I'm really not. And I'm some normal guy who wants to go to Iraq to check it out. And they're like, "Wow, these people were able to facilitate that. We should listen to them." Mm-hmm. And we sat there and watched them telling these old people how shit works, and it was super fucking impressive.
1: Highlight of the trip.
0: I think I think I've covered some of them like the general sort of like hospitality and people not letting you pay for shit. And just the idea that anywhere you go, you find yourself in a situation. Like, we went to the city Karbala, which has this these giant, famous mosques that are incredible. You're not allowed to. You have to take your shoes off before you go in. You can't bring cameras in. Um, any of that shit. But, like, for, we get in there. Within 30 seconds, all of a sudden, we're in a back room with the guy who's in charge. Serving a saffron tea, which I've never had. Which is, like, famous and, like, expensive. And we're chopping it up about New York, dude. Like, mm. I've been to New York. He's like, well, yeah, you know, United Nations. I went there, you know. We're yeah. talking, this guy in a suit. Then he starts blowing smoke up by us. He's like, we'll get the permit for you guys to shoot. Don't worry. Come back at 8 a.m. tomorrow. It'll be there waiting for you. We get back at 8 a.m. the next day. They're like, dude, this takes like three days. Uh. <laughs> but like, that's, that's the highlight to me. Every single place I went, getting treated incredibly by everybody. No sort of like, you know when you go to a place where tourist, tourism's regular, they put on their tourist face for you. These people don't know about this. There's no tourism, bro. Mm-hmm. So like you go, they are so happy to see you. They're the food is so good, the people are so nice. It is a wonderful experience. That, again, not to beat a dead horse. I recommend. Hit me up if you want to do it. I can put you in contact.
1: Low light of the trip.
0: Low light of the trip would probably be Sounds like camping. Camping and sometimes the sort of plumbing in the bathroom, a couple of the bathrooms like wasn't super great. So like you'd be in a situation where it was just floor and a hole. No, 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 there's no, no hole. There's a toilet, but there's just floor and the shower and no like shower curtain. And now you're just like flooding your bathroom, which is fine. It ends up draining. But like, that's the low light of my trip to Iraq. Put that in perspective. There's no, literally no feeling of danger once I understood what was going on. Um, and it was a very easy, amazing trip. I'm trying to get my dad to do it with me someday. France, if you want to do it. If anybody wants to go to Iraq with me, I'm down. Let me know.
1: Julio and his dad are going to Costa Rica in a couple weeks. <laughs> my dad and I to Costa Rica. You might need to bring him to a few other places between that <laughs> and to get him to bulk up to Iraq.
0: So did I ever tell you the story behind this? I don't think I did. I was The reason why I was thinking about, I, I put the idea in my dad's head, we should go on a trip, because I was thinking maybe that would be a fun thing to film. Uh, but then I kind of realized, I'm like, I don't necessarily know if he's going to be up to it. Like it's a, lot, it's a lot of work to do it when you're traveling, as you know you did it in China. It must have been crazy. Um, and I don't necessarily know how good my dad's going to be on camera, dude. I think that once that camera turns on, he might go into like hamming it up mode, and I don't know how well it's going to translate. You
1: can, I think you can break dads of that. There's a great show on Netflix. I've never really watched it. My sister loves it, about that comedian, that British comedian. Traveling around with his dad. Oh, yeah. Travels with my dad. Is it good? People love it. I've heard it's good. Yeah. Yeah, maybe
0: it he's could be He's also a, a
1: really good comedian, though.
0: The dad or the no, guy? No, the, the guy. Oh, okay. I
1: can't remember his name, but he's- That helps. M- enormous. Yeah. Um, I've always thought that would be cool. My dad and I do you know golf trips together to Scotland. When's the last always, time you did that? Years ago. I mean, now. You should do it again. Well, we we mean to, but you know, unfortunately, the UK just keeps getting these- their their COVID situation is uh, omnicom. That's what I call yeah, it. Yeah, you can't like uh, can't really predict when it's going to be open, when it's going to be closed.
0: Hard to plan.
1: Yeah, so the,
0: where, the world we live in. But
1: it would be fun to do a golf travel vlog with my dad because he's pretty funny when we're on those golf courses. <laughs> he just melts down in his kind of quiet way. I love it, dude. He's got this. He's got this very abiding fear of, of coming off, as he puts it, uh, as an ugly American.
0: Yeah, yeah. I have and the fear of that, too.
1: He's very, very conscious of that. And so, but he's also very consumed by the performance of his golf. Um, and so when he hits a bad shot, he expresses his anger in the most kind of quiet way. <laughs> but Watching someone have muted fury. <laughs> like fury on mute is hysterical it is funny hysterical so um <laughs> i enjoy that
0: well dude to your point about the ugly american thing again not to keep fucking gassing up Iraq the complete opposite thing will happen to you if you don't know what the fuck you're doing where the fuck you're going doesn't matter you're going to be treated like a celebrity everybody's gonna love you you'll have the best time guys i don't know if you noticed but our pal francis over here really has a pair of sparkling chompers on him. you
1: give me too much credit (laughs) all that credit is belongs to
0: quip dude but i'll tell you people with your complexion a lot of the time you notice that their teeth are bad
1: what are you trying to say
0: no i'm saying you have such good teeth that even though you are fair despite that that in no way takes away from your perfect teeth
1: you know what julio what that's fair (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's fair folks francis with his pearly whites you just got to get to that level guys if you haven't yet you need to get in there the quip electronic toothbrush is loved by over seven million mouths it's just it's really a, a an incredible thing a lot of mouths dude uh time sonic vibrations with 30 second pulses this is my favorite feature uh which is the guide to the dentist recommended two minute clean I know that I get to that two-minute number way quicker than it actually is. Mm. And if you have the quip itself, to keep uh, to keep you honest, yeah. I'll tell you. That's right. really good.
1: They called Julio, by the way, they used to call him the postman of uh, of teeth brushing. You know why? Because you were always <laughs> mailing it in.
0: Hey, <laughs> you, you son of a gun. Until you
1: found quip, <laughs> you that's for sure. You dirty dog. You dirty <laughs> dog. Got him.
0: Listen, if you're if you're already keeping your mouth in tip-top shape, why not earn some rewards while you're at it? Upgrade your Quip to a new smart motor to track and improve your brushing with the free Quip app. And you can earn amazing rewards like free refills, products, Target gift cards, and more. Which, that's a hilarious concept. You're brushing your teeth well and you're getting Target, target gift target cards, gift baby. Cards. I love it, dude. Uh, in addition to brush heads, Quip also delivers fresh floss, toothpaste, mouthwash, gum refills every three uh, three months from $5. Shipping's free. It's a great product. Great company. It's also a sexy-looking toothbrush. Uh, you know, you, I'm not even going to go there with what I was going to just say. looks like a like,
1: stealth bomber. That's what it looks yeah, like. Yes, so
0: it looks like a stealth bomber. If you go to getquip.com slash oops right now, on top of their holiday savings, you'll get your first refill for free. That's your first refill free and up to 40% off of bundles at getquip.com slash oops. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot slash oops. Quip, the good habits company. One final thing that I forgot to say. Dude, so Aya and Ahmed pranked me on my final day mm. and it was a fucked up prank and it was really funny and i have video of it i'm going to use it in the stuff i'm going to put out but so in order to exit iraq you need to take a pcr test which is unique usually like you have to take a rapid to get back into america but the country itself doesn't make you take one to leave uh-huh. in iraq you have to take a pcr no woman was wearing masks anywhere and it's not like a super vaccinated population either so it's like you know who knows we were in some of the most these mosques were packed so uh-huh. like Easily could have tested positive, right? We felt completely fine. I wasn't worried about it. Take the PCR test. They drop us off at the hotel. The next day we go out to the car. They're wearing masks. And Zach looks at me. He goes, dude, are they wearing masks? I was like, fuck. We get in the car and we have, they filmed it, which is hilarious. And we didn't notice. And we get in the car like, hey guys, what's up? Like, you guys are wearing masks. They're like, sorry guys, we have bad news. Like, we have to go back to the testing center. Like one of you tested positive. And I'm like, fuck. I'm like, who? And they're like, You. <laughs> and i was like what i was like are you serious they're like yeah i was like well what do we do and they're like well we're gonna have a car uh take you to a government facility where you're gonna have to quarantine for two weeks uh by yourself oh my god, god. and if you test out of it then you can go after that but before that unfortunately like we you, i was like are you fucking serious and dude they just let me sit in that for over five minutes <laughs>
1: Serves you right, Julio. (laughs) You prankster of all pranks. I know. The prankster becomes the pranky.
0: Dude, one of the best pranks I've ever seen. And then I was so happy that it was a prank that I didn't have a moment to like be mad at them. Of course. Because it was fucking hilarious. And they go, guys, it's a prank. And then they bring and I like didn't even know what happens. And you'll see it in my face in the video. I'm like, oh my God.
1: (laughs) oh my god
0: and i just embraced zach i then immediately put ahmed in a headlock i was like you motherfucker dude unbelievably savage prank yeah that's good having my life back was so unbelievable what a fucking savage prank Uh Uh, but i did deserve it you're right dude that's what i get for all these years of nebraska
1: Wow. Well, that's quite a, a, a hero's journey. Gee, cool. I'm impressed. Thank uh, you. I appreciate I'm it. I'm so glad to hear a, a really detailed rundown. We haven't we haven't really talked about it much.
0: Yeah. I I, I purposely held out we for this. We save it for the pod. We save yeah. it for the pod, and I'm glad that uh, I got to fill you guys in. I feel like this is a pretty unique POV. Super super. So I'm unique. happy to be able to share it with you guys. Uh, you heard it here first, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Damn,
1: dude. Unreal. Kind of makes me want to travel a little bit again.
0: Yeah. Boys trip, dude. We, yeah. could do, we could do a number of things. We could do a couple's trip. We could do a boys trip. Dude, I would let you set the fucking tone. If you feel like particular about certain okay. things, whatever you want to do, great. I'm down.
1: It's, um, I don't know. I don't know where, you know, we, we like to mix comfort and adventure, I would say. That those are our two guiding principles. You and Sierra, or you and Yeah, me? when we go on a trip. So, like, we we don't want to just sit at a pool the whole time. Totally. And, you know, booze and stuff. We wanna hike. Dude. We wanna do interesting things, cultural things, but we also don't wanna be sleeping in a bog. Hundred percent. Like you.
0: Dude, that sound music to my ears, dude. Sounds mm. like my ideal trip. Yeah. We'll get hill dog too, out of, out of the way from that pool chair that she loves. Get her on the mountain. Fucking
1: Yeah. You know? There you go. Dude, one day, bro. One day. That's it. Um, cool.
0: Guys, we do have a cool uh, like a super fucking cool announcement that we're really yeah. excited about.
1: This is super cool. Um, our pals over at Brooklyn Roasting Company, our favorite coffee in the world, Oop's Beans have put together a literal Oop's Beans. We have our own custom coffee blend coming mm-hmm. out from Brooklyn Roasting Company with our logo on the can. It is super sick, and if you think it's bad coffee, listen to this. Not that you think, it's not like, what I mean is it's not gimmicky, okay? They really put together really good coffee. The origin is Ethiopia and Sumatra. It is sun-dried beans, uh, roast 7.2 out of 10. That's, I guess, probably the dark, how dark it is. Uh, and what they say is, this custom roast of best quality coffees from East Africa and Indonesia is soft and sweet with luscious berry notes complementing rich, roasty chocolate and smoke character.
0: Dude, how sick is that?
1: I told him. <laughs> I told him I was like uh, our pal Jim, Jim over at Brooklyn, guy who runs the whole place, Jimbo. Uh, I told him I I thought we should make a uh, a coffee that sort of uh, echoed our different personalities. I like it, dude. And I was like, and he was like, okay. And I was like, you know, I'm a little bit more acerbic and and grating and cynical whereas julio is you know sort of the positive hopeful <laughs> uh open minded guy and that's <laughs> Thanks, why you man. get this uh luscious berry notes that's you yeah probably baby. complimenting the rich roasty chocolate and smoke character maybe a little bit of me fuck maybe yeah, i'm dude. reading
0: way too no, much dude, i'm that. fruity as fuck dude <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give me those berries you are baby. luscious I'm you luscious, are luscious dude. and yeah <laughs> so those are uh that's our this is our coffee. We we got coffee coming out. Guys, um the the tin is really good looking. It's in our signature sort of sky blue, oops, blue with the banana peel and our visages visages on the front our, our caricatures from our uh our logo. And um you know, this is going to be for sale on brooklynroasting.com. Uh just go type in and look for the Oops Roast. Um it's fucking sick. It is so cool. As as far as like You know, collaborations or merch or whatever. I cannot think of a cooler uh, thing to have. We're going to have a bunch of them. I'm going to be, you know, advertising on on social media so you can see what they look like. But get yourself a 10, guys. I mean, if you're a fan of this podcast, I don't care if you drink coffee or not. You should get these before they sell out. Uh, Oops, beans is the promo code. As always, brooklynroasting.com get the oops
0: roast dude fucking sick. i am
1: so excited fucking about this sick. it
0: is super That's super so cool, cool
1: so long time in the making and uh shout out to jim and jury over at brooklyn roasting company
0: fucking dope dude! yeah so i want to talk to you about a recommendation that you made that i watched yesterday it was, it's called the 14 14 peaks 14
1: peaks on netflix dude you watch it too chris
0: what a sick fucking documentary
1: It was really good, right?
0: I wish it was longer. I almost felt like there was... What? I I almost feel like there was unexplained things that I would have liked.
1: It could have easily been a a 14-part series where he just did each Each peak. I mean, packing 14 summits of 8,000-meter peaks into an hour and 45 minutes feels... You, you feel short-changed. So you want give, to give us a, that backstory. Yeah, yeah, give a quick right. rundown. So if you guys like mountaineering at all, I mean, you know, there are uh, 14 8,000 plus meter peaks in the world.
0: Which I believe is like 26,000 something feet. Yeah, it,
1: you know, and, and, and the reason that that is a significant number is because climbers refer to uh, altitudes above 8,000 meters as the death zone. There's so little oxygen that your body is actually dying. So to speak, um, at that altitude, obviously Everest, K2, Annapurna, a bunch of the ones we've heard of are in there. Um, Most of them, I think, almost almost all of them are in the Himalaya, Himalayas, uh, Pakistan, and I guess there's one that's in Chinese controlled Nepal or something. Tibet, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, I think. But they're all right there. You don't have to go to like Canada or anything to to catch one. Um, But these these fourteen eight thousand meter peaks have been summited before um the first guy to do it did it and it took him 16 years to do them all um i read a book i remember i can't even remember who wrote it but but it was written by a guy who who had done all of them and it took him multiple tries oh wow to to summit annapurna um the weather did not you know, cooperate. How
0: crazy were some of those shots of the oh gusting winds? God, dude, dude! I couldn't help think that even from a technical perspective, like, how aren't your batteries just immediately dying on your camera at that? Like, you got to give so
1: many props to whoever the fuck you know is up there with the camera and they did sound it. equipment. It was them, like their guys. I'm sure they did that... everything. Yeah, they were yeah. like
0: setting the pat. Dude, yeah. there's so many things about it that are fascinating. Yeah,
1: I mean, look, watch the documentary, but. You know, hit the 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 conceit of the documentary is that there's this lunatic mountaineering <laughs> climber from Nepal, a Na- Nepalese guy who, you know, the fastest time that anyone had ever, I think, climbed all 14 was like
0: seven years, right?
1: Seven years or something, and he wanted to do it in seven months. <laughs> and the reason that that number is so absurd is because you are completely beholden to climbing season. Which is like the spring, um, and so you do a bunch in the spring, and then you have to like wait until the next climbing season starts to finish right. the rest. And this guy uh, was
0: he even traditionally a climber? He was like an army ranger, dude. He was like the most elite
1: special forces guy yeah, on earth I've ever heard. And His
0: training regiment was inspiring, yeah. To so say the least. He was
1: originally part of the Gurkha, which is the the Nepalese like special forces unit that that often works with the British. Special Forces, um, and that the British have so much respect for. They fought with them for for many years, um, and then he was, you know, he was so so intense and so good that he actually applied to become a member of the British Special Forces, whether it's you know yeah. uh, SAS or whatever. And uh, he's the only the only Nepal- Nepalese person to ever become a full <laughs> British crazy Special <laughs> Forces you know soldier. And was just crushing it and uh, did that for a while. And then out of nowhere, like decides he wants to leave the military and become a, a mountaineering guy. And, uh, you know, starts basically sprinting up Mount Everest. There's no other way to put Dude. it. <laughs> like the guy Dude. S- climbs these mountains so fast and
0: it shows him taking shots before they do it. He's climbing them hung over. He climbs he climbed Everest hung over.
1: Whenever they whenever they <laughs> whenever he would finish a peak, they'd party. at the they'd go back down to base camp and, and get, get shit faced with whoever else was like hanging out down there. And then he'd wake up in the morning, strap on his boots, be like, Ugh, I feel like shit. Dude, we went out after our live Dude. show. And I the next morning I woke up hungover and I I couldn't even make myself breakfast, <laughs> let alone go outside, let alone climb to twenty seven thousand feet, dude. It was the craziest thing. If you life. if you read enough mountaineering stories or books into thin air, John Krakauer, any of these things that we we you know the ones that have watched Maru on Netflix, it's another great documentary. Um, you realize like how impossible it is to do one summit attempt of any of these mountains. Uh, and this guy <laughs> is knocking them down like they're flip cup.
0: Everyone in the documentary thinks he's a lunatic too. They're like, this guy's fucking insane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was absolutely shocking. I mean, I, it, he was so jolly and it was so easy for him <laughs> it seemed you know
0: dude it's crazy
1: that said i thought the most interesting part was when he went to do the sort of o2 testing in the lab and his ability to metabolize oxygen you know he can
0: the best they've ever seen perform
1: (laughs) on no oxygen better than anyone else that they've ever seen they've ever seen so not only
0: that he was like doing the bike and he was solving these problems on a computer yeah Making sure his oh. brain still worked at yeah, exactly. right.
1: no oxygen. Yeah. So so he he <sighs> does. He's clearly kind of predisposed genetically to operate well in these insanely adverse conditions. Um But with that said, you know it it it's just like I thought. You go to Mount Everest. You go to K two. You go to Annapurna. You know it's it's a weak hiking into base camp yeah. it's it's another three days to get to camp one it's another two days to get to camp two another you know and then you wait around until the weather clears to get your summit your summit bid maybe you make it. you make three bids at the summit doesn't work weather doesn't cooperate you got to turn back you fly home you're dejected you wait two years to raise the funding Dude. to come back to you know hire adventure outfitters or whatever some outfitting unit and <laughs> take try again and it takes like seven years i mean they had that one american guy that finally went up with them who was like i've this is my fourth bid at annapurna and he wanted to turn back but simply because he was with them and they were like we're fine what are you worried about (laughs) and he made it and he was like ah I guess I just had to keep going, you know?
0: Dude, what about, oh my God. Then they come down and realize they had like seen some guy who was trapped up there. They then summit the mountain again. No,
1: they don't summit the mountain. A helicopter carries them up on a 50 foot dangling rope, <laughs> Like they're a goddamn lure on a fishing rod.
0: <laughs> and they're able to save, they save two people's lives.
1: 11 hours without oxygen. He's, he's, he's experiencing high altitude, you know, pulmonary ade- whatever uh, yeah edema and and hallucinating i mean all the I, I whatever we're, we're kind of just
0: we just ruined the movie but paraphrasing
1: the entire documentary yeah. but uh, you know it is one of the most remarkable things i've ever seen and it's it's hard to uh to really grasp what he's done unless you have some background of how difficult it has been for for professional career mountaineering experts to do one eighth. Of what he's done, dude. It's so, uh, truly remarkable. And and you know, there's this, there's this bullshit backlash among some of the mountaineering community that you know true believers think you're the only way to really do it is without oxygen. Oh yeah. And uh and he did this hybrid technique where over eight once he got over above eight thousand feet, they would they would have oxygen and. You know, it's such such bullshit. But what do I know? I I you know.
0: Yeah, agreed. I feel like they they kind of like sort debunk it re- reasonably well. Yeah. As to why it's not a cop out. Yeah. Also, last point, like the fact that this guy's Nepalese is so cool mm-hmm. because like you know you hear about Sir Edmund Hillary, you hear about these people who have done this stuff, but they never talk about the Sherpa. They just call them the Sherpa. Yeah. These people never get the the recognition yeah. for how crazy the things they do are, and it's dope that like a homegrown hero. Is the one doing yeah, the shit.
1: Exactly. We mocking and he, us. He made a point that's at the awesome. end when he when he was like, uh, you know, if a white climber had done this, the the media reception for me would be a hundred times bigger than this. But right. we're still proud to have done it. And I I think unfortunately that's true. Um but, you know, uh there has been a lot of, I would say, a little bit more coverage of the horrible working conditions for Sherpa. And how a lot of them, you know, they don't get they're terribly underpaid for the risk that they right. take on. You know, they're they're rescuing all the time these idiotic tourist Soccer climbers moms, who are dude. so underprepared <laughs> yeah. to try to summit these mountains and just go and expect to be ferried up and ferried down by these guys. And uh, I I remember reading about it, you know, not too long ago. And I think hopefully there's a a growing movement to to change that at least get these guys paid more but yeah dude totally super cool
0: super humbling too like you guys know my story uh quote mountain climbing if you even want to call it that in Rwanda hungover like I feel so bad how much I've bitched about that when it's, <laughs> yeah. when it's a mountain that I w- could hike in shorts. You know what I mean? Yeah, it like, wasn't yeah. even... I was thinking about the whole time when he said I was doing this mountain hungover. I was like, oh, Julio. <laughs> Julio. He just wished a gorilla came and just killed him or I mean, something. I was yeah.
1: complaining about hiking the steps of the Duomo <laughs> hungover <laughs> because of how busted my foot was from trying to do a backflip in the nightclub. But So funny. Uh, you know, very different strokes. Yeah.
0: Well, dude, I'll tell you what. That guy... Uh, I think his his story worth would be very interesting.
1: <laughs> yes, it sure would. <laughs> uh,
0: if you guys are looking for a cool gift for this holiday season, uh, story worth is a wonderful way to sort of tap into the legacy of a loved one. Because you know, I don't even know about if, if like, I relate to this already, that sometimes I have trouble like grasping certain stories that I have to tell mm-hmm. unless prompted. And if somebody asks me a really specific question, I suddenly like think of shit that I hadn't, thought of in a while. Mm. And it, this it's a really effective technique to sort of mine your loved one's brains. Yeah. To yeah. find out shit about them that you never would have known. Uh it's essentially a service that asks you questions via email over a period of time and after that period of time is finished, you literally have a book about your loved one. Love that. Which is so cool. And that it could ask really cool. it can ask you anything. You know, I don't know, what what is your favorite memory of childhood? What were your hobbies as a child? What was there a moment as a child where you were super scared whatever the the thing is I don't know it's not all about being a child, but like it can be it can be
1: if you're really into children
0: yeah <laughs> um so anyway dude it's uh it's very cool like i learned I learned shit about my mom uh that I had never known That's as awesome. far as like yeah what like she hurt she used to dangle her legs off the fire escape when they first moved into their Brooklyn apartment oh, after coming that. from Italy that I can literally see from Francis's window. It's just like a crazy, uh, cool way to connect. I don't think with you can
1: elbows. see it. From my window. I do. I
0: literally think you can it's right over there on the water. So they were, uh, like a, on the end of Columbia street, like, uh, okay.
1: I don't know why I thought I needed to check Brooklyn. you. Or. I thought you were talking about that building, and I was like, no, there's no. Just <laughs> no way that that's where they lived.
0: With StoryWorth, we are giving those we love most a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart and preserving their memories and stories for years to come. Go to StoryWorth.com slash oops and save $10 on your first purchase. StoryWorth.com slash oops save $10 on your first purchase. Um, Francis dropped this on me the other day, right when I thought that Francis didn't have any other random celebrity stories to tell oh, boy. i think this is the perfect time for us to talk about this now that we're talking about mountaineering and all this adventure and shit oh yeah francis can you you want to tell us this one
1: yeah well um why did this come up because you told you us brought about, up alex
0: honnold no you brought up the 14 peaks documentary and then you had mentioned Alex I think Honnold. Hillary said something, or one of us said something about the free solo. The yeah, thing. yeah, yeah.
1: And then... Yeah, so one, I went uh, skydiving with Alex Honnold once. What? But it wasn't... We weren't intending to be together. It was a total coincidence. So I was in Denver visiting a buddy of mine, Ned. When was this? This was probably 2012 or 13, right oh, after shit. college. So when I... When we graduated from high school, my buddies and I went on a backpacking trip to Europe, you know, really cheap, staying in hostels, your rail pass, uh, super fun. And um, we went to Interlaken, as many young people do, which is that, you know, it's sort of the extreme sports capital of Europe. It's in Switzerland. It's gorgeous right in the heart of the Alps. And you every day you do a different thing. You go bungee jumping or you go canyoning, which was the, the best. um there's all kinds of fun stuff whitewater rafting whatever and we were ned and i were the two of the five of us who really thought it would be awesome to go skydiving um nobody else really wanted to do it we had gone to an a casino the night before and we had won a a good amount of money playing blackjack like probably 140 bucks each but at that time dude We couldn't believe it. I mean, it was money that we we were like, oh shoot, because the skydiving was the most expensive one, and we thought it was out of our price range. But then we won this money, so we left the casino and instantly signed up to go skydiving the next morning. We thought, if we're going to skydive, what better place to pop our skydiving cherry than over the Alps? You know, amazing, right? So we wake up the next morning and it's raining, and apparently, when it rains, skydiving gets canceled because. Your body is falling so much faster than the raindrops that the raindrops feel like needles hitting your body. Wow. That's what they told us. Wow. So uh, we, it, we were super bummed. That's crazy. And they canceled it. They gave us a refund, obviously, uh, but we didn't get to go skydiving because th- that day we had to leave to go on our trip. And um, so, you know, that always kind of felt like a, a missed opportunity. And when I went out to visit Ned and my buddy Mike, Mike's a big listener, by the way. Shout out, Mike. What up, Mike? Um, we uh we were out in Denver, and uh, I said to Ned, you know, we have we have unfinished business. <laughs> we got to go skydiving, and we're here in the Rockies. Seems like a pretty good yeah second al- alternative to uh to to the <sighs> fucking Alps. So I signed us up. We we went out. You know, you drive forty five minutes to an hour outside of uh, Denver, and we we went up. And we were getting all geared up, you know, you put on your flight suit, your jumpsuit or whatever it is, and strap into this other man like, who's <laughs> like behind you the whole time. But, you know, there were 14 people getting on this little plane to go do this. And one of them was Alex Honnold.
0: Did you know who he was at the time? I
1: did not. It was before Free Solo.
0: And he had not yet done that?
1: He had not done Free Solo. Crazy. But he was a little bit known, I think, in the climbing, he was known in the climbing world. Yeah. Um, You know, he's in magazines. He was the guy who was free climbing everything. Right. And uh, my buddy Ned knew him, knew of him, because Ned likes the world of rock climbing and stuff like that. So. Crazy. Ned goes, dude, you got to, you have no idea, you know, do you know who that guy is? And we we ended up (laughs) talking to him and he was just getting his skydiving license. Oh wow. So he was jumping without an instructor. Even then he was It doing- was like his 10th, 12th jump, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking you hard. know, and he and I'm I'm like, "What are you doing?" you know? And and he's like, "Oh, just just getting it to get it, whatever." <laughs> and it, it it was so he was so bland in his response. <laughs> he was so unmoved by the excitement or the adrenaline or the danger. Um it felt like to me <laughs> As I said to you, it felt like this was a guy who had tried everything, tried every drug, tried every thrill-seeking thing, and they were all beneath him now. It had all worn off. Nothing got his heart beating fast again. And right. so he was almost like beholden to the, the chase. He's chasing the dragon <laughs> chasing of thrill. Yeah. And I remember even thinking at that time, like, man, this guy. This guy has no, is, is not in touch with fear. And you think, about, you think about the Dark Knight Rises, yeah. right? What was the advice that the prisoner had to give Bruce Wayne for how to successfully make the jump? You know, he, he said, he, uh, he he said, he said uh, you, you know, I don't fear death. And the guy said, that's your problem. You need to be in touch with your fear. Interesting. You need to fear. Uh, you need to do the climb as the child did interesting without the rope
0: and it gives you that extra juice yeah, it gives wow. you the
1: adrenaline to to, to jump over. farther or whatever and so uh i always i always worried about alex honnold after that <laughs> but then he made free solo and what a movie that is Dude, holy shit
0: so francis is so low-key a thrill seeker i,
1: I mean, used to be i like, have now stopped
0: you you still like won't flip off a cliff i into won't water? flip a
1: cliff i'll jump it but i won't flip it i used to flip cliffs.
0: so what what
1: you just get,
0: just getting older, like what? Is, what?
1: A- yeah, man. The stakes are, you know, you don't, yeah. you don't, you don't think you're. I'm just not as reckless anymore. Yeah. People, as that traffic cop said, someone is going to miss you, and I'm more aware mm. of that. People would have missed me earlier, but I've amassed a broader group of people that would miss <laughs> me now. You know, I think that's nice. I dude. think people would miss me more, and I'm excited about things in life i'm excited about having children Mm -hmm. uh and you don't think that your life is on the line for other people when you're younger do you know what i mean yeah yeah you think uh, if i died or whatever it's just me you know but now i feel like my life belongs to some other people people have a a a stake you know if i died jumping off a cliff what happens to the podcast? Yeah. You know, remember. that I'd be fucking you guys over in a way. And I maybe that's a narcissistic thing to think, but I'd I'd be fucking over you guys, I'd be fucking over Sierra, I'd be fucking over my family. And yeah, I did I can't I can't be that selfish anymore. So that's kind of my thought process about my uh it's the thrills singing. and the risks that I take on. Love it. Yeah.
0: Um well dude, what a what a Niche episode of Oops the Podcast.
1: Yeah. Well okay. very cool. Very, very, very cool fun. Stuff. I enjoyed it. I hope you guys did too. That was a fun one for me. Yeah. To be part of. Uh what do you got?
0: Grab a t shirt, grab some oops coffee. Uh hit oops us up. Beans, baby. Brooklyn roasting. And let us let us know what's going on. Thank you for all your messages from the the different cities that would like to see us. Uh we're excited about it. And uh, you know, keep doing your thing. Yeah. Keep trudging on. Be safe and uh visit Iraq.
1: See you guys.